Our scripture reading this morning comes from 1 Peter 4, 7 through 11. This can be found on page 1891 in your pew Bibles. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others faithfully, administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. The word of the Lord. Thank you, Gavin. In today's world, there is this obsession with identifying the best and the greatest in every single category, Um, whether it's the the top coffee grinders or the ultimate camping spots or the trendiest restaurants in the city. There is no end to lists that claim to know what is truly best. Recently, around the time of President Biden's uh, State of Union address, I came across another a list that claimed to know the truly best speeches in American history. Um, the list was called the greatest speeches in American history, and the introduction to the list laid out what distinguishes great speeches from the rest, and stated that a great speech stands the test of time and offers wisdom that transcends different times, cultures, and contexts. And one of the speeches on that list was JFK's inaugural speech, which he delivered on that freezing winter day in 1961. Despite the harsh weather conditions, nearly one million people came out to witness the inauguration and to listen to JFK's first speech as president. And the president used this opportunity to redefine the concept of community, not as a geographical grouping, but as a collection of individuals who shared a common goal. The common goal in America at the time, at the height of the Cold War, was to protect democracy against, uh, from the looming threat of communism. And JFK believed that a collective action was, to, was the key to achieving this common goal. So he famously called on all Americans to work together. He declared, ask not what you can do for your, ask not what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. And as we discuss the idea of community this morning, I invite you to consider those words spoken more than 60 years ago. Even though the world has changed significantly since uh, that winter day, The wisdom in his words still remains relevant today. True community is not about proximity. It's not about being near or being close to something. True community is about a collection of individuals who embrace the, the common vision, who embody a common 
purpose and who work toward the common goal in their daily lives. And when we think about that, we, we, when we think about that and read our passage this morning, we notice that Peter begins this passage with a shared vision for Christian communities. But it's not what you and I would expect. Peter says, the end of all things is near. At first glance, it seems like the title of some conspiracy theory on Reddit. It sounds terrifying and strange to be a vision statement. But when we trace Peter's argument from the beginning in this letter, we realize that he's not talking about a doomsday scenario like zombie apocalypse or a rapture. He's talking about a shared reality, a new reality in Jesus Christ. The purpose of 1 Peter was to teach Christians who they are, who they are now that they have been born again through their faith in Jesus Christ. So Peter begins this letter by declaring that in chapter 1 verse 3 that God in his great mercy gave his chosen people new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And according to the New Testament, this resurrection of Jesus Christ inaugurated the final stage of God's redemptive plan. The next and the last significant event in this plan will be the return of Christ, when he will end all things as we know it. It will mark the end of all things. In other words, because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, all people, both believers and non-believers, now live in the final stage of God's redemptive plan. Peter, of course, wrote, the, wrote this letter to the early Christian churches. And what set apart these readers from the rest of the world was the fact that these were individuals who had been born again into this living hope through the resurrected Christ. So when Peter says the end of all things is near, he's actually reminding his readers of this living hope. This living hope for Christian communities is more than a shared vision, though. It's a shared reality. It's a reality that includes the forgiveness of sin, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. When God gathers his chosen people and brings them into a community, it is this shared vision that creates and unites a Christian community. Therefore, a Christian community is a collection of individuals who embrace this shared vision of the living hope. When God gathers such a community, it's not without a purpose. The purpose of a Christian community is to be this manifestation of this shared reality, the living hope through the resurrected Christ. Then the goal of a Christian community to, is to reflect this reality together together by initiating, encouraging, and participating in things like evangelism, discipleship, worship, generosity, justice, and service. Christians are inspired by this kind of community, a community that thrives in these core values, right? 
the vision, the purpose, and the goal are attractive to them, and many Christians want to be part of such a community. However, when they realize that this kind of community actually requires you to work, requires you requires your time and your resources, their enthusiasm often wanes. I'm not singling out BCRC. This is not a unique problem to this church or that church. This is a prevalent problem that all churches throughout generations have faced, including the early churches that Peter wrote to. Although we often idealize and even idolize the early churches, the reality is that even the early churches struggled with creating a Christian community. While Acts 4 describes the early believers as sharing everything together, we, we must notice that Peter eventually had to write this letter to early Christians, reminding them to love one another, offer hospitality to one another, and serve one another. In fact, the New Testament letters are filled with similar exhortations. James, Paul, John, they all urged the Christians to take action to build this kind of community, to reflect their shared reality, the living hope through the resurrected Christ. Some of our OT students might recognize this saying, as fallen human beings, we are, in more, we are more in love with the idea of something than actually doing the costly work of making that something become our reality. And that's still true when it comes to Christian community. Christians may be more enamored with the idea of biblical Christian community than actually answering God's call to create and maintain such a community. In his book, The Divine Commodity, Pastor Sky Jathani um, explains how consumerism has caused many American Christians to view all aspects of faith as mere commodities, including the idea of community. There's nothing wrong with Christians wanting the best and the greatest community. However, when we are more in love with the idea of a biblical community than actually doing the work to create and maintain one, community can be reduced down to just another item on our shopping list, something that we just consume. It becomes a divine commodity that we consume. And if, if the community fails to meet your expectations, then you may be just tempted to move on to the next one because there's always other commodities that you can just consume. In this mindset, community simply exists for us. But that's the exact opposite of what we discuss as we begin our sermon series on our core values. We talked about how we exist for God's mission. And BCRC, we have divided God's mission into six elements that we call core values. These things that you see right behind me, these are why we exist in other words, we exist for community, not the other way around. Then our goal must be to create and sustain a Christian community that reflects our shared reality, the living hope through the resurrected Christ. 
And as Peter has reminded us this morning, the end of all things is near. God has gathered us all and brought into this community at Brookville Christian Reformed Church in the final stage of his redemptive plan so that we may work together toward creating and maintaining a Christian community that reflects our shared reality, the living hope of Jesus Christ. So let's ask ourselves this question. Are we more in love with the idea of a Christian community than actually doing the work of creating one? God has called us to this place not to be mere consumers, but to be active community builders. And that's what Peter is asking his readers to do in our passage He encourages believers to love one another, offer hospitality to one another, and serve one another, and use whatever they have to build up and maintain and strengthen their community. The key idea here is being reciprocal, or the idea of mutual exchange of support and help and benefit. Reciprocity is not unique to Peter. We find the same idea all over the New Testament. When members of a Christian community do what Peter urges them to do here, they can cultivate trust, cooperation, and a sense of belonging, which are all essential for building a Christian community. Community building is a shared responsibility in our collective calling. It is how we serve our God-given purpose and reflect the reality that we share in Jesus Christ. This is how we find our fulfillment as a community. It is not an easy ta- it's not an easy task though. It's it requires significant effort. But we shouldn't be intimidated by it or just see it as another thing on our to-do list either. The work that we are called to do is significant, not because it asks a lot of work from one or two individuals, but because it asks something from every single one of us. It asks something from every member. That is what it takes to create something greater than ourselves. A manifestation of this reality takes all of our effort. Therefore, everyone has to pitch in. And at the end of the day, this community building boils down to living out our covenant identity. And let me explain what that means. Our relationship with God is often described as a covenant relationship. When we enter into this covenant relationship with God, God makes a covenant with us and says that he will be our faithful God. And we enter into this covenant relationship and say that we are going to be his faithful people. Similarly, when, we, when God brings us into this community, we are entering into a covenant relationship with this community. We are making a covenant with this community as faithful members of the community, while the commu- community as a whole commits to being faithful to us. That's how we, reciprocally, uh, we, that's how we reciprocally and mutually live out this covenant identity. Last week, I went to the covenant meeting that Peter mentioned. Um, I went not because I have a child that you don't know about, um, 
but, but because covenant plan is one of the ways that everyone can pitch in. It's one of the ways that we can live out this covenant identity. The meeting began with a video of an interview that Deacons conducted with uh, Milt Kyers. If you don't know Milt, he was instrumental in creating this covenant plan decades ago. If you want to know more about the covenant plan or watch this video, I highly recommend it that, that you go to the meeting later today. It's, it's, it will be worth your time. In the video, Milt talks about um, the covenant that we have with one another at BCRC. He reminds us that at every baptism or profession of faith, as we welcome these new people into our community, that we make a covenant with them. We make promises to love, to support, to pray, and to help them grow in faith. The covenant plan, which involves generous and faithful giving to support Christian education, is just one way that we can live out this promise or fulfill this promise. But there are other ways that we can do this too. We can support one another by volunteering in various areas, areas like the nursery, the bridge, OTE, GEMS, Boys Club, and so many other options are there. Another important thing that we can do to support each other is to build genuine relationship through various ministries that we have at BCRC, things like coffee breaks, mops, and life groups. Whether by leading or participating, there are just many ways, there are so many different ways for all of us to make a genuine, valuable contribution to this community. We can uphold the covenant that we have made with one another. In the world, communities are often shaped and maintained by shared interests and affinities. In, their, in that setting, people are often forced to prove their worth, to earn a spot, and maintain that spot within those communities. But a Christian community operates differently. We don't come here to find a sense of belonging. We come here because we already belong here, because Jesus died for us, because we are part of his body. You have a place here. No one needs to prove their place or prove their worth. No one needs to do anything to find a sense of belonging. Because of our new birth into the living hope through the resurrected Christ, our place in the body of Christ is forever signed, sealed, and delivered. When God brought us to this particular community at Brookfield Christian Reformed Church, we better believe that he did that for a reason. Regardless of how you might have ended up here, whether it was through Google or your spouse or friends or neighbors, we're all here to work together to reflect our shared reality. Each of us has a unique place in this community, and we need one another to make a complete body. The communion, which we will partake in shortly, reminds of that shared reality. The biggest stumbling block in this sort of community building might be comparison. We love to compare, right? It's easy for us to compare how much time 
that person spends in volunteering. It's easy for us to compare how that person or how many ministries that person's involved in. But as Peter reminds us this morning, we are called to use whatever we have to serve as faithful stewards of God's grace. The quality or the quantity of our service do not matter, does not matter as much as our faithfulness to God's calling. What matters is that we are faithful by loving one another, supporting one another, and offering hospitality to one another. What matters is that we live our, our covenant identity. Together we can create a thriving Christian community that reflects this shared reality the living hope through the resurrected Christ. So let's recommit to this idea of reciprocal covenant community. Let's recommit to the idea of loving one another, serving one another, and offering hospitality to one another. Not just you or your family, but all of us and all of our families. Let's ask not what this community can do for you, but let's ask what we can do for this community so that in all things, God may be praised through this body of Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your wisdom that transcends all eras, cultures, and contexts. We pray that the message that you gave to us this morning will inspire us to embrace the living hope of the, of the resurrected Christ and work with one another to reflect this shared reality of ours. We ask for your guidance and strength as we strive to live out our covenant with you and with our community here at Brookfield Christian Reformed Church. Use your Holy Spirit to continue to empower us and direct us as we carry out your will in our daily lives. In the name of the resurrected Christ, we pray. Amen.